Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for the wonderful Sabbath day that you have given us today. Thank you so much, Lord, for the rest that you have gifted us to us. And today we ask for your guidance, your your spiritual insight for us today. Enlighten us, Lord, for our chapter today. Chapter 11 of the book, The Desire of Ages. Thank you so much for everything, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, and also to one audience I know, to Glindel. Hello to you. I have missed a few days, like two days maybe. I needed to rest. I had been... uh, uh, <laughs> I lack sleep. Okay, so yeah, but I'm I'm thanking God that we're back. All right, we're back. So uh, now we're on chapter eleven of the book, The Desire of Ages. Chapter eleven of the book, The Desire of Ages, and the title for this chapter is uh, the baptism. The baptism, and this is based on Matthew three thirteen to seventeen, Mark one nine to eleven. Luke three twenty one and 22. So we'll be reading these references because they are, they're quite short. Anyway, so yeah. Mark 1, uh, Matthew 3, 13 to 17. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. The, bapti- the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Yes. So that was Matthew three, thirteen to 17 Now we will go to Mark. Mark. So they have... They might give us slightly different details, but it's the same story. Mark 1, 9-11. I'll also be reading from the English Standard Version. Mark chapter 1. Alright, we're getting there. And verses 9, 10, and 11. Okay, here we go. In those days... Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Interesting. Because here the, the voice says... Instead of saying, this is my beloved son, it says, you are my beloved son. Hmm. Next is uh, Luke chapter 3, 21 and 22. Matthew, Mark, Luke. So John wasn't talking about that. I mean, the Gospel of John didn't talk about this. We'll see. 
Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. It says here, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, so Jesus was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form, like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. That's awesome. Alright, so, what's going to happen now? The thing that's going to happen now is we're going to read we're going to read The Desire of Ages and then as usual when we get something when we come across something that we we have some insights on or we have some questions we will discuss that. Okay. Now we're going to read The Baptism. Tidings of the Wilderness Prophet and his wonderful announcement spread throughout Galilee. Now, you know what, who this wilderness prophet is? Yes, it's John the Baptist, right? That's what we talked about in chapter 10, the voice in the wilderness. That was John the Baptist. So again, tidings of the wilderness prophet, the wilderness prophet John the Baptist, and his wonderful announcement spread throughout Galilee. What was his announcement? He was saying, he was, he was preparing the way of the Lord. And uh, that someone is going to come, right? Okay. So, what's going to happen now? The message reached the peasants in the, the remotest hill towns. And the fisher folk by the sea and in these simple earnest hearts found its truest response. So, the message of John the Baptist reached the simplest kinds of people. In Nazareth, it was told in the carpenter shop that had been Joseph's, and one recognized the, the, the call. So one, capital O, one. So that was Jesus. His time had come. Wow, finally, his time had come. Turning from his daily toil, he bade farewell to his mother and followed in the steps of his countrymen who were flocking to the Jordan. Alright, so in the previous days, we have discussed how Jesus was in his childhood and at home and in his community. And uh, he, b before he began his public ministry, he was faithfully doing God's service and showing God's character, practically speaking, in, uh, in wherever he was. Even in his household and uh, within his community and in his workplace. And now this time... Finally, his time had come. He would be revealed to the world through, and it will begin through this baptism. His time had come. Turning from his daily toil, he bade farewell to his mother and followed in the steps of his countrymen who were flocking to the Jordan. Jesus and John the Baptist were cousins, yes, and closely related by the circumstances of their birth. Yet, they had had no direct acquaintance with each other. So they, <laughs> they had not, okay, so they had not any direct acquaintance with each other. The life of Jesus had been spent at Nazareth in Galilee. Mm. And that of John in the wilderness of Judea. So they, yeah, so they had no acquaintance. I see, that is interesting. 
So now, so Jesus was living in Nazareth, and uh, John was in the wilderness. Of course, amid widely different surroundings, they had lived in seclusion and had no communication with each other. So they had no communication with each other. Providence had ordered this. Now that is interesting. I mean, God the Father had ordered this thing. No occasion was to be given for the charge that they had conspired together to support each other's claims. Now that is the reason. Ah, okay. So they, <laughs> that is so interesting. So they have not been acquainted with each other. They had no communication ever. Jesus was in Nazareth, and uh, John the Baptist was in Galilee. No, no, in the wilderness, and uh, so they had, they they were. So it was designed that way by providence, by God's providence, so that nobody would accuse them that they were conspiring of something. That is so awesome. Next, John was acquainted with the events, with the events that had marked the birth of Jesus. John knew about those events. He had heard of the visit to Jerusalem in his boyhood. Oh, interesting. So while they were not communicating, John was learning about all these things that's happening in Jesus, with Jesus, and of what had passed in the school of the rabbis. So he learned, John learned about that thing. I mean, the, the temple encounter, the boy Jesus and uh, the questionings with the teachers of uh, Israel. He knew, John knew of his sinless life. That's amazing. John the Baptist knew of Jesus' sinless life and believed him, Jesus, to be the Messiah. Oh, so John believed that Jesus is going to be the Messiah. But of, uh, but of this, he had no positive assurance. Ah, so John the Baptist did not have a positive assurance that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. The fact that Jesus had for so many years remained in obscurity, giving no special evidence of his mission, gave occasion for doubt. As to whether he could be the promised one. Ah, okay. So there was doubt in uh, John the Baptist. Because uh, Jesus was just hiding. Was he hiding? Or he at least remained in obscurity. No special evidence of his mission. So there was doubt in John the Baptist's mind. The Baptist, however, waited in faith. Okay. He waited in faith, believing that in God's own time... All would be made plain. And that is interesting. So whenever we don't understand something, we just wait in faith and believe that God in his own time, because as we have uh, previously discussed in the previous chapters, God's timing is perfect and he, he knows no haste or delay, right? So God's own time, in God's own time, all will be made plain. And good thing John waited on that. It had been revealed to him that the Messiah would seek baptism at his hands and that a sign of his divine character should then be given. So John waited for that moment that, well, the Messiah will be baptized in my hands. So, yes, yeah, so we'll hold on to that to that revelation of what's going to happen and we'll just wait in faith for God's timing for that to be fulfilled. Okay. So, and that a sign of his divine character should then be given at the baptism. Thus, he would be enabled to present him to the people. Okay, now that is exciting for John the Baptist to, to think about that. Okay, so yeah, I will wait on God for that. So that's, that's what's in John's mind. 
When Jesus came to be baptized, John recognized in him a purity of character that he had never before perceived in any man. Wow. Wow. Just by the look of Jesus, by the look at Jesus, John recognized in Jesus a purity of character that was never before seen in any person. The very atmosphere of his presence was holy and awe-inspiring. Awe-inspiring. Wow, what a wonderful atmosphere that is. You would want to have that kind of atmosphere, right? Surrounding you? Yes. Among the multitudes that had gathered about him at the Jordan, John had heard dark tales of crime and had met souls bowed down with the burden of myriad sins. But never had he come in contact with a human being from whom there breathed an influence so divine. Oh, an influence so divine. Wow. So everyone else that John had been baptizing, he saw and he felt how, how burdened these people were about their sins. But Jesus, Jesus, wow, he, he so breathed an influence that's so divine. All this was in harmony with what had been revealed to John regarding the Messiah. And yet, he shrank from granting the request of Jesus. How could he, a sinner, baptize the sinless one? And why should he, who needed no repentance, submit to a rite that was a confession of guilt to be washed away? Yeah, so, so when John felt that, G- John felt that Jesus was really... Wow, he is so pure. And he also felt the contrast within himself that it, wait, I am a sinner. Why should I baptize the sinless one? And why would he need to have to go through this in, when in the first place he doesn't have to, he, does, he doesn't have anything to confess because he is the sinless one. He, he hasn't sinned. So why? All right. As Jesus asked for baptism, As Jesus asked for baptism, John drew back, exclaiming, I have no, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? In other words, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, and you come to me? Okay. With firm yet gentle authority. Wow. This is what I love about Jesus too, that he's firm, but he's gentle at the same time. With firm and gentle authority. With, with firm yet gentle authority, Jesus answered, Suffer it to be so now. Let it be. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. For we need this to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? Mm, we will unpack later, perhaps. And John, yielding, led the Savior down into the Jordan and buried him beneath the water. Buried him beneath the water. So that is baptism, my friends. Burying beneath the water. And straightway coming up out of the water. So that is the that is the baptism that they do. They bury in the water, so they dip into the water and then and then straightway coming up out of the water, Jesus saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. Mm. Jesus did not receive baptism as a confession of guilt on his own account. 
Now, this is interesting. He identified himself with sinners, taking the steps that we are to take and doing the work that we must do. His life of suffering and patient endurance after his baptism was also an example to us. So, so Jesus, so the thing is that Jesus did the thing for us. He identified himself with us, even though he himself had not sinned. So whatever we needed to do, he did first so that he might become our example. So that is the reason why Jesus, why Jesus subjected himself to baptism. Amazing. Upon coming up out of the water, Jesus bowed in prayer on the riverbank. Okay, so he, Jesus prayed after his baptism and the, a new and important era was opening before him. Yeah, this is a new chapter in his life. He was now upon a wider stage, a wider stage entering on the conflict of his life. Though he was a prince, though he was the prince of peace, his coming must be as uh, the unsheathing of a sword. The coming, the kingdom he had come to establish was the opposite of that which the Jews, the Jews desired. Again, the kingdom that he had come to establish was the opposite of that which the Jews desired. He who was the foundation of the ritual and economy of Israel would be looked upon as its enemy and destroyer. He who had proclaimed the law upon Sinai would be condemned as a transgressor. Wow. He who had come to break the power of Satan would be denounced as Beelzebub, the devil. No one upon earth had understood him, and during his ministry, he must still walk alone. Wow. Throughout his life, his mother and his brothers did not comprehend, did not comprehend his mission. Even his disciples did not understand him. He had dwelt in eternal light as one with God, but his life on earth must be spent in solitude. Now that is so interesting, right? This is going to be a new era. He's going to be revealing himself. He's going to start his public ministry. And um, yeah, upon a wider stage, this is a wider stage. That was the first 30 years was initially, yeah, so, so that was... Uh, a wide stage but this is a wider stage right now and is going to enter into a new stage a wider stage of the conflict of his life and he, remember he has been assailed even from babyhood to to his childhood to his uh to his teenhood and then as a young adult and now he's going to enter a wider stage he has been assailed all throughout his life by temptations by of satan in the here he's gonna enter a new a new thing. This is new now because now he is gonna he's gonna preach right after this after all the, this he's gonna spread uh, things I mean messages about his kingdom that he needs to establish and it's quite the opposite quite the opposite of what the Jews had been expecting. They were expecting a, a literal kingdom that's gonna be overthrowing. Uh, the Romans, like, uh, they were expecting essentially a superhero that would use violence. Oh, okay. They were expecting a superhero that would that would use violence in order to 
in order to conquer, right? But Jesus is not going to do that. He is the Prince of Peace. Yeah. And his coming must be an unsheathing of a sword. In an unsheathing of a sword, what sword? It's a spiritual sword because it will pierce the heart. There's no like literal sword that's going <laughs> to <gonna, laughs> kill people, right? Right. Okay. So let's proceed. Now, uh, before we proceed, though, it's interesting that nobody really understood Jesus in his mission while he was on earth. At this point, no one upon earth had understood him. He must walk alone. Wow. Even his disciples did not fully understand his mission. Okay, let's proceed. As, as one with us, he must bear the burden of our guilt and woe. The sinless one must feel the shame of sin. The peace lover must dwell with strife. The truth must abide with falsehood, purity with vileness. Every sin, every discord, every defiling lust that transgression had brought was torture to his spirit. Wow. As one with us, again, Jesus must bear the burden of our guilt and woe. He's one with us. <laughs> Even if he's the sinless one, he must feel the shame of sin. What a contrast, right? Every sin, every discord, every defiling lust that transgression had brought, he was, it was torture to his spirit. And... It's even more torture to his spirit because he doesn't like all these things, right? He, 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 he doesn't like sin, but he must bear the burden of it. He must bear the burden of it. Just imagine that. You don't like something, but you need to bear the burden of it. Maybe it's like you, you don't like being in debt, right? But you need to bear the burden of as if you are in debt because you're one with the people you're helping. Right? It's like that. Next. Alone, he must tread the path. Alone, Jesus must tread the path. Alone, he must bear the burden. Upon him who had laid off his glory. Jesus had laid off his glory and accepted the weakness of humanity. Yes. The weakness of humanity, the redemption of the world must rest upon him, upon him who had laid off his glory and accepted the weakness of humanity. The redemption of the world must rest. He saw and felt it all, but his purpose remained steadfast upon his arm depended the salvation of the human of the fallen race. And he reached out his hand to grasp the hand of omnipotent love. Now, this is nice. Because he knows that he's gonna, his arm needs to, upon his arm depended the salvation of the fallen race. And he reached out his hand to grasp the hand of God's omnipotent love so that he can really save us all. The Savior's glance seems to penetrate heaven as he pours out his soul in prayer. Well, he knows how sin has hardened the hearts of men and how difficult it will be for them to discern, to discern his mission and accept the gift of salvation. He pleads with the Father per, for power to overcome their unbelief, to break the fetters with which Satan has enthralled them, and in their behalf to conquer the destroyer. He asks 
for the witness that God accepts humanity in the person of his son. Wow. Never before have the angels listened to such a prayer. So that was Je what Jesus was praying for. He pleaded with the Father for power to overcome people's unbelief and to break the fetters with which Satan has enthralled them. Wow. And he asks for a witness, for a sign that God accepts humanity in the person of his son. And the angels were listening to that prayer and they, they never heard such a prayer. They are eager, the angels are eager to bear to their loved commander a message of assurance and comfort. Jesus was their commander. But no, the father himself will answer the petition of his son. Oh, that is so amazing. Direct from the throne issue the beams of his glory. The heavens are opened and upon the Savior's head descends a dove-like form of purest light. Fit emblem of him, the meek and lowly one. Ah, that was a symbol, an emblem for him, of him. Dove-like form of purest light. It descended upon the Savior's head. Of the vast throng at the Jordan, few except John discerned the heavenly vision. So John didn't see it? Wow. A few except John discerned the heavenly vision. Yet the solemnity of the divine presence was yet the solemnity of the divine presence rested upon the assembly. The people stood silently gazing upon Christ. His form was bathed in the light that ever surrounds the throne of God. His form was bathed in the light that ever surrounds the throne of God. His uh, upturned face was glorified as they had never before seen the face of man. Again, the people stood silently gazing upon Christ. His form was bathed in the light that ever surrounds the throne of God. His upturned face, upturned face was glorified as they had never before seen in the face of men. But I mean, from the, from the open heavens, a voice was heard saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. These words of confirmation were given to inspire faith to those in those who witnessed who witnessed the scene and to strengthen the savior for his mission notwithstanding the sins of a guilty world were laid upon christ notwithstanding the humiliation of taking upon himself our fallen nature the voice from heaven declared him to be the son of the eternal wow so again it was emphasized here that jesus had taken our fallen nature and uh Despite that, notwithstanding that, the voice from heaven declared that this, Jesus, is the Son of the Eternal. John had deeply moved, had been deeply moved as he saw Jesus bowed as a suppliant, pleading with tears for the approval of the Father. As the glory of God encircled him, and the voice of heaven was heard, and the voice from heaven was heard, John recognized the token. So John recognized the token with which God had promised. So this was what John was waiting for. He knew that it was the world's redeemer whom he had baptized. Yeah. The Holy Spirit rested upon him and with outstretched hand pointing to Jesus, 
he cried, John the Baptist cried, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. None among the hearers, and not even the speaker himself, discerned the import of these words, the Lamb of God. So John was inspired to speak that, but they did not really understand what the Lamb of God was referring to. Upon Mount Moriah, Abraham had heard the question of his son, My father, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? This was Isaac asking uh, Abraham. Remember that story? Isaac and Abraham, they went up uh, on the mountain. And uh, yeah, so so Abraham was, uh, he was the sacrifice to give Isaac as a sacrifice. And then uh, Isaac asked him, My father, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? The father answered, Abraham answered, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. You find the story in Genesis chapter 22, verses 7 and 8. And in the ram, ram, it says a lamb, and in the ram divinely provided in the place of Isaac, instead of Isaac, Abraham saw a symbol of him who was to die for the sins of men. The Holy Spirit, through Isaiah, taking up the illustration, prophesied of the Savior. Uh, so that was what Isaiah used. He is, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and the Lord hath laid in him the iniquity of us all. That's from Isaiah chapter 53, verses 7 and 6. But the people of Israel had not understood the lesson. Many of them regarded the, the sacrificial offerings much as the heathen looked upon their sacrifices as, gift, as gifts by which they themselves might, prop, uh, might propitiate the deity, to appease the deity. God desired to teach them that from his own love comes the gift which reconciles them to himself. I love that. God is the one who initiates, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so the people of Israel did not understand the purpose of the Lamb of God. They thought, as the heathen would think, that these animal sacrifices, the, these burnt offerings, these offerings of uh, lambs, was to appease God because that's the mindset of the deity. That's that's. I mean, the the heathen rather the heathen. But no, 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 no. This is God providing for them initiating this is god teaching them that it is from his own love that that okay the gift the gift of salvation the gift of reconciliation the gift which reconciles them to himself that's the gift of reconciliation the gift of salvation the gift of redemption that's a gift and that comes from his own love that doesn't come that doesn't come from their own works from the, what they do, but that is God providing for, for them, for providing for the reconciliation, for the means for reconciliation. Right. Awesome. Awesome. And the word that was spoken to Jesus at the Jordan, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, embraces humanity. Mm -hmm. God spoke to Jesus as our representative. Now, that is a very interesting point. With all our sins and weaknesses, we are not cast aside as worthless. Awesome. Thank you. He hath made us accepted in the beloved. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. The glory that rested upon Christ is a pledge of the love of God for us. It tells us of the power of prayer, how the human voice may reach the ear of God and our petitions find acceptance in the courts of heaven. By sin, earth was cut off from heaven and alienated from its communion. But Jesus has connected it again with the sphere of glory. His love has encircled man and reached the highest heaven. The light which fell from the open portals upon the head of our Savior will fall upon us as we pray for help to resist temptation. The voice which spoke to Jesus says to every believing soul, This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Awesome. That was awesome. Because Jesus has, has embraced us as our representative. He is our representative. And in the same way, they, wow. So, so we are accepted in the beloved. Right? That is so awesome. Jesus has connected it again with the sphere of his glory. We were cut off, but we, through Jesus, were connected again. Connected. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3 verse 2. Our Redeemer has opened the way so that the most sinful, the most needy, the most oppressed and despised may find access to the Father. Oh yes, access. All may have a home in the mansions which Jesus had, has gone to prepare. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. And that is the end of the chapter, chapter Chapter 11. That was a rather short chapter, right? But yeah, it was uh, packed with a beautiful meaning. Okay, so we might end uh, earlier today. Because that, uh, that was a really short chapter. In the tomorrow we'll be discussing uh, um, chapter 13, The Temptation, which is uh, quite long. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, the baptism. So from what have... Let, let's recap what we have... Uh, what we have uh, learned, okay? So, so that essentially just highlighted the baptism and uh, that the backstory of uh, G John the Baptist's expectation. I mean, yeah, we were told that John the Baptist didn't know. I mean, he he had her only heard of Jesus and everything that's happening about his life, but he had no proof that. He had no positive assurance that this is the Messiah. And in the baptism, it was really given. So John waited in faith, which is so cool in the sense that we that is going to be our example too, that we just wait in faith when God says something and it, it hasn't come yet. We know that God is going to give us that thing that he promised in his perfect time. Right. So John the Baptist just waited in faith and we will do well if we would copy his example to wait in faith too and uh wow and the one thing also that we have uh, learned is that jesus really revealed his atmosphere the atmosphere surrounding his presence is so amazing it's, it's so pure and it's so uh, 
awe-inspiring and it's it's humble and you know that this person really you know it, it's there's no trickery in him he, he There's no pretension and he's just so real and full of love and that's the atmosphere surrounding Jesus is surrounding Jesus and it's so it's attractive in that way even if he had no form nor comeliness in terms of physical attraction he just looked like an ordinary person but then his presence it's so it's so warming you, you know that kind of person that when they're around you you just feel You just feel the comfort and you don't need to pretend around that person too because this person is really nice and there's just, ah, uh, right? So, so Jesus had that so, pu so pure character and uh, he was humble too and uh, really it's, it's amazing. So, and then when, he, when John the Baptist felt that, he felt the contrast and, <laughs> and he, he was saying, why, why would I be... baptizing you I, i'm the one that's gonna need baptism from you um but then jesus embraced us okay so so this is what jesus was doing he he, he identified himself with us even if he had not done any sin he has identified himself with us as our brother and uh, he, he set himself as our example which means that if we if we do accept jesus as our savior then we come to baptism too and and then jesus Yes, the baptism, by the way, is really important in the sense that you see from there, my friends, that it was baptism by immersion. He, Jesus was immersed in the water. He was buried, buried, because that was a symbol of death to self. You, you die. You die in... You, you die... You, you let self die so that Christ may live in you. And then you, you come out of the water. You come up out of the water. So you were immersed... Because essentially you were buried and then you buried self, okay? And then you come up out of the water, come up out of the water. And that's essentially you are resurrected to a new life and now Christ is in you. To live within you. To work out that salvation within you. To, to work that character transformation within you. To take away this, you know, to take away every single day the, the, the sin. Okay, right. So that is so amazing. That is so amazing. And Jesus said, said that, I mean, Jesus had himself baptized, I think for two reasons here. Number one is uh, it's, a, it's a new era. It's a beginning of a new era. This is him entering a new chapter, a wider stage for the conflict of his life. This is the start of his public appearance and his public declaration of his kingdom. This is it. This is gonna, how he's going to establish his kingdom. And it started with the baptism, and that is so amazing. And um, the second part is uh, this is to set us an example, to set us an example, to fulfill all righteousness. That's what Jesus said. And uh, one of the things that we learn from here is that... Uh, Yeah, so so Jesus essentially, because he identified himself with us, now he, while we have been separated and cut off from heaven because of sin, because of anti-love, now Jesus is connecting us again, which brings us to the word what we want to be tight, um, using to title this uh, this episode, and uh, okay, so. I have several options here. One is connected because Jesus has reconnected us. 
And then there's another word that's really nice, and it's access. Access. And then there's open. So, open door. So, I think the, the word is going to be access. I'm not sure if this is also the word that David Asherick uh, used. But access is access is it. Access is going to be my word. Because it, here it goes. Here it goes. Let me read that again. Our Redeemer has opened the way so that the most sinful, the most needy, the most oppressed and despised may find access to the Father. I love that. I love that so much. Now, I know. Yeah, yeah. Our Redeemer has opened the way so that the most sinful, the most needy, the most oppressed and despised may find access to the Father. We have been separated we have been separated because of sin, not because God separated himself from us, but because we we have alienated him ourselves by the choice of our, our choices, by our sinful choices, but by our choices to live by the principle of anti-love. Right? So there is a separation and Jesus connected us again and he has given us access to the Father. All may have a home in the mansions which Jesus has gone to prepare. So everyone, everyone can find access now and we can we can have a home in that mansion. In the mansions which Jesus is preparing right now in our present day present day reality. These things, yeah. There is an open door before us. So isn't that amazing that we have access to the Father through Jesus? Not that the Father has separated himself from us. No, no, no. But that we have separated ourselves from God. And, um, yeah. You see, no no matter how, for example, how, how God would reveal himself to us, for example, and say, um, I actually forgive you. Sometimes we, we, we can't accept it. We can't seem to accept it because uh, why would you do that? I'm still like this, but... Then uh, okay, here is uh, here is your proof that I actually accept you. I have given to you my beloved Son, Jesus, the Son of God. He is now one with you. He is a human being now. He's your brother now. Forever, and he's gonna stay that way forever. He's gonna stay being a human being forever. I gave him to the fallen race. That is my pledge to you. And now through him, through his example. I this is the, this is one okay so this is as if god talking to you this i'm looking at jesus and his righteousness even if you think you're not worth it okay i accept you i accept you jesus has already paid everything for you jesus perfection i will see that in you okay i'm not you see, you, you don't feel that. You, you don't feel perfect, of course. You feel so wasted. You're, so, um, you're overwhelmed by your, your sinfulness and your unworthiness. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy. And uh, whenever I look at you, I see the face of Jesus covering you. He, you are accepted, essentially accepted in the beloved. So, so that is so wonderful, right? And even if... Even if because of God's love, because of God's love, picture this, because of God's love, you know, he is accepting us essentially, right? But then our minds could not wrap ourselves 
uh, we could not wrap our heads around the idea that God can actually accept us on what basis, right? Okay, so so here's the thing. Jesus has given us, I mean, God has given us Jesus. And uh, whenever we feel unworthy, we can we can have Jesus, we can anchor, we can anchor on our faith in Jesus because he's the he's the savior essentially. Right? Because whatever we do, we can't find we can't find worthiness in ourselves. And even okay, no matter how much we no matter how no matter how much we try to improve ourselves and this may be this may be you know uh, okay a uh, slightly touchy subject because you know self help and everything no matter how much we try to improve uh, ourselves right still still imagine this you still have all those past no matter how much you forgive yourself for all the past for all the things that you've done in the past Okay, you, you can't erase. You can't essentially erase all the things that you've done and their, and their repercussions, and their effects on other people. Because what's done has been done, and uh, whatever has been done affects everything else. How even how small that is. Because we are a network. Essentially, we are a network, and in, in a network, what you've done affects the next node in the network. And then that thing affects all the other nodes. So essentially, we are so interconnected. We are so interconnected that whatever we've done in the past, that is why even in movies you see that when you just do something that's so little, when you go and time travel, for example, if that is possible in the movies, they show that when you go and do time travel, whatever it is that you're gonna do, even how slight it is, it can affect. The it can change the whole <laughs> present day reality just by one thing that you did because that is how that is how interconnected we are essentially that's how interconnected we are our choices affects all the others and the because of that you know even if you try to forget all those things even if you try to forgive yourself and and you do these things by yourself you try to improve yourself to just move forward you can't erase the fact that those things that you've done in the past have repercussions on others and they and it has affected them. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Essentially, while you can and try to move forward and forget everything that you've done in the past, it's only the only one who holds time and who holds energy and holds who, who essentially pervades everything. God himself God himself is the only one who can erase all those things and make things new for you. This is why it's so important. You know, be- because right now, right now in this world, we, in general, we want people in general in this world, many, the majority, simply want to live a godless life. We don't need God anymore because anyway, we can forgive ourselves and we can move on and we can do self-help and we can move forward in life like this and like that oh yes 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 but you can't erase the fact that you've done things in the past number one because you can't essentially do time travel and what you say oh you you don't have to you don't have to but then again what you've done it it's recorded in, in history it's recorded in history and who holds history who holds time who holds the record of time 
what's interesting is that the one, the one who holds records and time, they, he, God, chooses, chooses to not record them in his mind anymore. I mean, he chooses to forget them. Okay. You see all the effects, right? But God, the ruler of the universe, he is assuring you that he is forgiving them all. Yeah, as long as you as long as you ask. As soon as you ask, you're forgiven. Okay? You you ask with sincerity. And in Jesus, in Jesus, all these things that you've done in the past, they're essentially cleansed. Because Jesus he covers everyone's sins. He covers everyone's past mistakes. He covers everybody. Right? Everybody. Everybody. So <laughs> even your enemies, even the ones who wronged you. Jesus has covered them all. And if they accept Jesus and uh, if they will want to start a new chapter in their lives and, and you know, choose to follow Jesus and choose to cling to Jesus as, as their Savior, then they're going to be transformed too. So this whole thing, this whole thing of forgiveness in everything, this is why we need our Savior. This is why we need our Savior. Even if we do so much self-help, you know, that the depth of our selfishness uh that's that's not something that we can just you know overcome by ourselves because uh yeah that's uh that's the way we have lived our lives for like decades but then jesus okay he's the one he's the one who can take that off from us and it all starts with the baptism with death to self with death to self and let Christ live within us. So, and Jesus has set as an example. So, yeah, yeah. And Jesus has given us an access, access, access to the Father right now. Because even if the Father himself loves us, of course, of course, even if the Father himself loves us, we have separated ourselves from the Father, from God. We have separ separated ourselves from God by our sins. And God initiated the act. The lamb of God, the, the animal sacrifices were not supposed to please God. It is God initiating, giving us the solution, giving, giving us provision that this, this is evidence that I love you and I accept you. I accept you. <laughs> I'm showing this not because I don't love you without this. I love you, but you you, you can't you can't wrap your 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 head around this idea that I can accept you. Okay, look to Jesus. He he has covered you. He has walked through the very same paths you walked. He has gone through so many temptations. He was filled all his life. He was filled with conflict. Conflict, right? with sin and temptation. But Jesus, here he is, standing as the sinless one, and he is identifying himself with you. He is your elder brother, and he's going to cover you. Find comfort in that. Find comfort in that. So access, ah, that's amazing. The baptism is amazing, and it, it is an amazing chapter. I think everything, every chapter is amazing in the book, The Desire of Ages. So we're going to close now, and uh, once again, happy Sabbath to you. We will close with prayer. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, what a wonderful comeback this has been 
I have been uh, not feeling well for two days. Uh, I lack sleep, so I needed to rest. And uh, I'm thankful that you have us. Uh, you have given us a beautiful message today for this Sabbath day, and it is amazing that we have access to you. We have been separated. We have separated ourselves from you through our sin, by our sins, by our choosing to 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 cling to anti-love and not to your principle of love and other-centeredness. And now we. Uh, Find access in Jesus, the sinless one, the one who is our example, the one who is our savior, our, rede- our redeemer, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We thank you that by by his baptism by and your declaration that this is your beloved son in whom you're well pleased, you are accepting us as well as your beloved children, as your beloved children, and you are well pleased with us because now Jesus is covering us in whatever it is that we've done in the past. Jesus already has covered them and has already paid the penalty for all of them. And now we're going to cling to Jesus as the one who make who will make it real in our lives too. In our lives too. Moving forward to making it a daily reality to, to be molded into his character. To, to take all that dross of sin and selfishness inside of us and put Christ the se- the sinless the selfless one to put that character of love within us and to restore us into the image that you have that you have essentially initially put on us the image of your character the image of love personified and yeah thank you for giving us access through Jesus he is indeed our wonderful Savior. He is divine and human at the same time. And he holds both the throne of God, the he- throne of heaven, and the earth. And he is the bridge. Oh, I remember the song, the bridge. The bridge that uh, crosses the great divide. The cross that bridges the great divide. I love that. Okay, so thank you so much for that access, for that bridge. And in Jesus' name, our bridge, our cross, um, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.